Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Anna Schrader. And today we have a very special guest on with us. She is my work wife at the salon. Uh, We joke that and tell Bradley that his sister wife's coming over whenever she comes over. Uh, But this is Erica Roberts. Hi. This is (laughs) so weird to like be seeing this go down because I listen to the podcast and so I'm like watching you say the things I'm used to coming out of like (laughs) my car radio you know it's weird that's it's fun it's fun I told her I was like we're not real professional over here I mean like we're sharing a mic right now (laughs) we just had a whole fiasco with the cats and her dog before we started recording and it was crazy but yeah so Anna do you want to introduce our topic today yeah. Okay. So, um, if Hunter sounds a little tired, it's because he's been moving all day. <laughs> I was going to save it for the rose and the thorn, but yes, I have, but been that's moving. our topic, right? Yeah. And it is. Oh my gosh. So, so when you're moving to different places where you don't like literally don't know anyone, I guess from like Portland to Eugene and like areas like that, when you moved to Seattle, you had clients that drove to you. But like when you moved to Tennessee, you didn't know literally anyone, right? So how do you go about building a clientele in a place like that? Um, I mean, I would say, I, like, I guess I pers- the first most important thing really is deciding where you want to work. You want to find places where people, you know, higher end location maybe or find where the money is in the you don't want to just wind up for me I didn't want to be in a small town the town that I moved to when I first moved here was like tiny um so I knew that I was either going to go to like Murfreesboro area or down to Chattanooga like where the bigger city was going to be because for me I wanted to be in a high-end area where people would spend a little bit more um on luxury services because that's what we specialize in. Um, so really that's kind of, I just figured out where I wanted to be narrowed down those areas. And then, you know, when I found the salon, um, I've actually jumped a couple of times right here in Tennessee. Um, but when I got to bombshells, um, where I'm at now, I would have to say, obviously our, the owner of our salon is really amazing and has been pretty instrumental in in guiding me, but the number one thing for me for building a clientele, and I'm grateful this was beaten to me right out of beauty school is pre-booking. Yes. Pre-booking. If Mm, you get a reminder, get those clients out, like booked out, then you've already got appointments set, you know? Right. I used to, I'd always try to get at least one, but you know, if you can get like two, that person is committed to you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they say if someone's in your seat five times, they're a client for life unless, you know, something happens. But Uh, right. You know, unless you fry their hair off and then maybe I would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what if someone was moving like a really crazy remote area 
more like touristy area, what would you suggest for someone like that moving somewhere that they have literally no idea anyone or anything or anything like that? Well, I'll tell you what I would do because I do fantasize sometimes about moving off to some beautiful <laughs> resort place and not dealing with the real world anymore. Um, but I would say go like find I... resort towns, you know, um, if it's remote, you're probably not going to have a bustling economy, except for maybe in those areas where tourists come, you may not have as many you might need to have more clients, you know what I mean? Just right. because they're not necessarily, maybe they're gone half the year or something like that. But, um, you know, or just people who live and work on resorts, they're going to need their hair done or something like that. Maybe, you know, if you're in a small town that's not resorty, but there's a military base nearby, they're, they're going to need, you know, especially if they have families, their oh, wives yeah. are going to need their hair done. Like just figure out where those people are going to be and go there. Right. Even if it's like quite a drive, you would say it's worth it to give you the lifestyle that you need, right? Absolutely. Well, when I first moved here, I drove an hour and a half each way every day. Yeah, I've driven an hour plus to work before just because that's the salon that was happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I lived in, when I moved to Washington, I was in seattle living in seattle but i drove you know to bellevue on the other side of lake washington because that was the salon i was in that was the demographic i wanted to be in. that's where everything worked out best for me i looked at um a lot of different places and at one point i was looking at driving down to tacoma which is oh my god the traffic is so horrible but you know if that's what i had chosen to do at that point then i would have done it because that's what i needed to do so Right. Not everyone walks to work 30 seconds. No, no. <laughs> Literally my scenario, I walk to work. It's no. more like three minutes, two minutes on a fast day. You know what? But if I had to walk to work 30 seconds, I'd still figure out how to be late. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least she brought it up and it wasn't me that did it. I- <laughs> if I'm going to be late, I'm going to drive and it's about 30. It's a 30 second drive and a two minute power walk and a three minute normal walk. Yeah. Love it. It's all timed out. I mean, that would be amazing, especially if you lived in like a huge city. I don't know, like Alicia Dixon, the one she was on our podcast a couple episodes back. She used to walk to work. She had like a, it was like six blocks in Chicago, but she would walk to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alicia, would... if you're listening, tell us how you're doing because now I'm thinking about you and um I hope your recovery is going well. So um DM us. I want to know. And if you don't DM us, we'll still reach out because now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really good insight. And um I think it's just like <laughs> another thing is so hard. You literally moved across the whole country. Yeah, like Tennessee. Did you find that it was hard? Like, I mean, this goes with not just working in the hair industry, but like breaking into the mold of culture and fitting in with like your new surroundings. You've done it so many times that like, I feel like that would be exhausting. 
trying to figure out how to communicate in new ways and yeah. like, fit the vibe. Yeah. It, I mean, it is kind of, it's intimidating, especially, I mean, Oregon to Washington, it's still Pacific Northwest. I mean, there obviously was differences. Um, but I mean, I wasn't a hairdresser yet, but I did, I moved to Boston when I was like 18. I'd never been there. I'd never been to Tennessee before I moved here. Like I'd been to Washington, but, um, you know, life is short and just do it. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and so it is intimidating, but I did, I have found that, I mean, especially here, a year and a half, almost two years ago, maybe not as many people had been moving, <laughs> had moved here yet. So I was different and people are like, oh, she's different. She's from Oregon or whatever, you know, just, I can't, I'm not a Southern belle. I can't come in here and fake it. Like I am. I just am me. So <laughs> that is so funny because it's true though. Yeah. Like whenever I moved to Cincinnati, the Midwest has such a different attitude than mm -hmm. the South. And it's you like you suck stick out like a sore thumb yeah. whenever you go to a place like that. So it's easy to make friends in places like that whenever you are so so dramatically different than everyone else. Yeah, I would say so. Because uh, everybody wants to know more. Right. Well, and I mean, I was kind of insecure going into like the salon that we're at now. Um, but I just appreciate how genuine everybody is they are just unapologetically themselves so once my walls came down i was like okay here you go guys this is, this is, <laughs> this is it <laughs> buckle up <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really beautiful thing when you like start working at a salon because that's your community you already have like a built-in like friend group and yeah. then if i mean hopefully you vibe with the people you're working with but if not then you have like all of these clients that you're doing their hair and it's like Hmm, you want to go like get some coffee after this? Like, totally. <laughs> well, and it's been really cool being the new kid in our salon because, you know, everybody has their clientele already. I'm getting a lot of new people that are coming in and the amount of people that I've met that are not from the area that have just recently moved here that are even from the area that I grew up in or something like that is just crazy too. So that's kind of cool. Like, mm -hmm being like, oh my gosh, you know that place? I, I know that place, you know? Yeah, I feel like too, like Nashville, you can ask 10 people where they're from and maybe one of them will say Nashville. Yeah, yeah totally. It's been kind of crazy hearing that. Yeah, and it's everywhere. It's gotten more so in the last like couple years, but it's always been that way. That's cool. I, you know, it's, I forget how fun it is to build a clientele and I am reminded from this conversation, but then also our new stylist, our newest stylist at our salon, she just gets like new people and it's, it's fun. Like, it's like a new excitement of like getting to know new people and like having crazy fun, new experiences. And also you get like the wild cards of you <laughs> yeah. know you have no idea what they're gonna want could be a crazy color correction you have no idea what's on their hair and you really have to be on your toes and, and it's nice when you're a seasoned hairstylist to build that clientele but harder when you're a new stylist building that clientele and then all of a sudden you get all these wild cards and you're like oh i don't know so that is it is nice i'm sure 
with your experience being a seasoned hairstylist, moving and um, building a clientele would be probably totally different if you're a brand new stylist. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be. I don't think, I mean, because I have worked in so many different salons and I've done this so many different times, like I said, I mean, I know what works. I know what I need to do. Sometimes I'm better at it than others. You know? well, you're you're good at like being the chameleon. Like whenever you started working with us, you were really, really reserved. You like soaked everything in. And it was like every day a little bit more of Erica came out until it was like, oh, I like this bitch. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> funny to hear from an outside like perspective, you know? Yeah. And it like, seriously, it was, it was literally over time, like day by day by day, you became more of like who you are now, like actually yourself. Yeah. But and I feel like too, even more since you've been here, you've gone through quite a bit. And so seeing you come out of that shell too is even cooler. Like you're really loving yourself right now. And that's- <laughs> I'm trying, man, I'm trying. Well, and that like, that's the goal, yeah. right? Like, No, definitely. I mean, I feel like, I feel really blessed to have found, you know, the salon that that I met you at, um, but I mean, I didn't even, the last place I was at, I mean, I didn't even really realize how unhappy I was, I think until I got to bombshells and found my, my groove there, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's been, it's been really good. I mean, not to get into my backstory or personal life, but moving to Tennessee was insanely terrifying and scary and I had a lot to prove to myself um and I just feel so lucky that I found this salon because I can actually do it now and I <laughs> feel like I have people who are guiding me and like helping me believe in myself because I am I do I need a cheerleader sometimes you know and even like I'm just not good at doing it necessarily for myself I need to be shown words of affirmation. I was going to say words of affirmation love languages for sure. But yeah, so getting that and getting guidance and everything like it's just kind of helped me help me do it. But so I do think too, Anna, what is really interesting about you that I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or not, but um, you are currently living in the town that you were born in, right? Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, how you said Tennessee, it's rare to find someone who live is actually from Tennessee. It's kind of starting to be like that in Ironwood too, which is weird. Yeah. But, um, but tell us about like, tell us how, like about that, like, what is it like to have lived in the same? Cause I have moved all over as well. And so what's it like to have lived in the same place your whole life? Um, yeah, well, we could talk about that. <laughs> we could, yes. Yeah. I'm totally opposite. So listening to you talk, Erica, about your moving, it's really interesting because I, I haven't, I have family that's moved and I, I guess I, I love, I love my area. This is always going to be home. My heart is here. I've been here pretty much my entire life. I was gone for like a year and that was maybe a couple hours away and I'd come home on the weekends, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah. So it's really special and it is a small rural area. 
And we're surrounded by lakes and woods. So it's kind of like an island. Sounds beautiful. And we have really, it is, it's beautiful. It's, it's, um, it, I feel free going to the like edge of Lake Superior or the edge of a forest. I'm like, I'm free. Aww. And, um, but we have the best community and people really care. And you know, is it's, it's amazing because you know, what's going on in people's worlds and you can be a part of their world. And, you know, if I know that if I have issues and if I need someone, there's, I, I can pretty much just walk out on the street and be like, help, or I need someone, someone will be there. Um, I can walk. I mean, it takes me twice as long in the grocery store because I run into a bunch of people on my three minute walk to work. I'll probably wave at least four or five times and the streets are slow. So that sounds know, like my nightmare, honestly. I know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, oh my God, how awful. Yeah. I was just it's telling my mom it's how beautiful. I love Nashville because it's, it, you still get that small town vibe, but it's big enough that no one knows anyone. And so no one's right. in your business and yeah. no one, it's a city. So like everybody's got their own thing going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, oh, go ahead, Erica. I don't want to. Oh, no, you. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, playing off what you said, I, I knew someone who lived here. They used to live in a big city and they said, they were like, I just, I just want to go to a place where I'm surrounded by people and no one knows me. I want to just walk through a crowd of people and no one look at me or look at you. I just want to walk. And I was like, I thought that was so weird. I'm, I'm, why would you want that? That sounds horrible. Like you just, that sounds lonely. And honestly, um, sometimes when I do travel and I don't have that sense of community, for example, my friend and I were in New York and it, New York city, and it was beautiful and magical, but I felt so lonely. There are people everywhere and I felt so lonely. And there was one moment on the subway train on the subway. And, um, there was this family sitting across from us and this little girl like rolled her toy and it was like rolling down. And like, I picked it up and like handed it back to her and we made eye contact and we smiled and we didn't say any words, but we had connection, human connection. Yeah. And I was like, I miss Ironwood. I, I get those, I get that human connection so much yeah that like that moment in new york i realized i'm like wow that was amazing just eye contact smiling and doing something nice for someone that made me feel like i want my community back because that happens so much yeah so what's your clientele like have do you have clients that have continued to see you like since the beginning of your career yeah. Yeah. I have clients that I have, um, literally done in hair school and they've been with me throughout the whole process. And when I first started in smart style, the little Walmart salon, yeah. um, yeah, it was Regis. Regis. Regis <laughs> All three of us. Regis. Yeah. That's funny. Ooh, ooh. Regis is taking over the world. I actually went back to Regis. <laughs> they own a lot. In Portland, though. Yeah, well, oh, and then when that. you were here too. So, well, okay, so I actually ended up going back to the first Regis I ever worked at um, when I I left the gym and I started back at Regis because I hadn't been doing hair for a while and I was like 
on this little pause that I needed. And um, I ended up going back to that that same Regis and then it shut down and it's no longer anymore. <laughs> but I only worked there again for like 10 months, but it's crazy because two people that worked there, one of them I had gone to beauty school with and we'd been friends forever. And then the manager at the same time, we all started within like two or three months of each other and they've moved on and at that same Regis and they had both worked there the whole time. And then I came back and got to work with them again before it, it closed down, which is crazy, but that's special. Actually, one of my coworkers, we were, she was, um, a year behind me in, in cosmetology school. And then she hired, she got hired at smart style, right? Like, I think we worked a couple days together and then I peaced out and she's now working in my salon. So we've been working together for, for years and years and years. And today's her birthday. So happy oh. birthday, Whitley. Happy birthday, Whitley. Happy yeah. birthday to <laughs> you. Birthday too. Happy birthday, Eden. Shut up. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday, Eden. <laughs> Well, um, since they share birthdays, they must be kind of similar. Isn't that right. how like the whole They're probably thing works? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. But that's, yeah. Yeah. It's cool when you can like have those, those friendships last. Are you still friends with them? I mean, yeah. Acquaintances, you know, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately I have falling out with one of them, which makes me very Aww. sad, but, um, yeah, you know, I still talk to his mom. So yeah. <laughs> there's that, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we like to end every episode by sharing a hair myth, which you already listened to the podcast. So you already know. However, some people may not know. And this is where we debunk a myth that is commonly produced in the hair world. And I believe Anna has our myth this week. So through everything that we've talked about today, I feel like there's a common denominator within everything and that's culture, right? So what, uh, what are your comments on culture in a salon? Well, I, I, the first thing I wanted to say, honestly, was when Anna had asked about moving to a new place and fitting in like with a new culture and like how that can be, um, it is a shock in general, just especially moving like from the Northwest to the South, like things were really, really different. Like I had to get used to being called ma'am and saying ma'am and little things that like, you know, when you do live in an area where you put your headphones and you, you know, there's people all around you, but you're not paying attention. It's not that you don't care about those people. You're just like indifferent to people, but here in the South, everybody's much sweeter, whether it's, you know, like just an everyday interactions. And so that was like different and learning how to talk to my clients differently and like, yes, still be me, but also respect just the culture of the area, you know? And then, um, obviously culture in a salon is super important, but that's kind of on a different level. Like for me, what I love is I want a place that's going to be, you know, education focused, number one, most important, somewhere that is, um, I'm a very straight up person. So I need to be in an area where, or like with a group of people who are forward and, Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? Like, don't, 
beat around the bush because I'm too oblivious. I won't get it. Like, I need you to be like, Hey, you're messing up here. Or, Hey, I expect this out of you and tell me what to do and I'll do it. But don't, don't be like passive aggressive with me. I'm not going to get that. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that I have that culture, you know what I mean? In our, in the setting I'm in now. Um, I think it was like your second day of work you forgot to wipe down the base of your chair and I sent you a text message and you left and I was like, hey, uh, just so you know, yeah, you forgot to do this. It's cool. Like, don't come back and do it. But like, you forgot. I'm doing it. But I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then I did come back. I came back to the salon. I can't remember for what reason. And I, I asked, think we went to a party yeah, together. Yeah, we went to, yeah, exactly. And then I asked Devin, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to wipe down? Like, what did I miss? Show me so I make sure I don't do it again, you know? <laughs> But um, yeah, culture in a salon is important, whether you're somewhere you've always been or you're not, but finding the right culture for you in a new city can be hard because you're already adjusting to a culture change of one type and then to go and find a new salon. But I would just say, ask a lot of questions too, like interview them. Right, why, why should you work there? Yeah, I mean, not like you walk in like you're like- right get me, get me to work for you. Nothing like that, but just make sure that, you know, be honest with yourself and know what you need and where, you know, how you can benefit and grow in that environment too. Hmm. Yeah. It's so true. But it, you know, and I think that's the beauty of moving, although I don't know, I can't speak on experience, but one reason why I love traveling is because you do get to like fit into other people's culture. Like that's, that's the beauty of being in a new place is that like you get to learn from them and learn a different way of seeing things and doing things and um, interacting with people. And, and um, it's like a really like, a, I'm sure it's a really growing experience. Absolutely. I mean, I would say if I were to have stayed in the same area my whole career, I would probably be better off financially, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> you know, let's be real. Cause I've just, built and started over and built and started over, but I've, you know, worked with amazing people and got to do some really cool things. And I've picked something up from every salon I've been at, whether it's keep doing that or don't keep doing that, or, you know, be in this type of environment or that type of environment. But, you know, anytime, oh my gosh, if my mom could hear me right now, but anytime <laughs> you step outside of your comfort zone, you grow. That's what mama says. And it's true, you know? It, it can be scary, but you don't know what's waiting for you on the other side of it. So grow and do it and have fun. What a well way said. to end the podcast. <laughs> right? Damn. Yeah. Something. Oh. <laughs> um, so as you already know, Erica, we like to end every episode with a hair myth. For those of you who don't know, this is the part of our podcast where we bring to you a myth commonly misplaced in our industry, and we debunk that myth. And our lovely co-host, Anna Strader, has our myth today. Okay. Hair is extremely effective way of absorbing oil. True or false? Absolutely true. There's actually a company that um, Green Circle Salons. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. They whenever they recycle hair clippings from salons. 
Yes, and... congratulations, because that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they put it in like the way I've understand it is it's like a pantyhose type deal and they toss it in the ocean. Yeah, they, to clean up they oil put spill. It at the edge of the oil spill and it will like absorb it. So yes, good. yes. So I, I, I've been learning about this because I would love to start sending in our hair to that because you don't need to have a certain length of hair to donate your hair to this organization. And um, I looked up one for you guys, but I'm sure that there's other organizations that do this. And the one that I found is called matteroftrust.org. And um, there's also another one that, and that's the one, the pantyhose one that you're talking about. There's another organization that um, makes hair mats and they sew them. And um, apparently, according to Behringer, one kilogram of human hair can absorb up to eight liters of oil, making it highly, highly effective material for cleaning up spills. So you really don't have, you know how like most um, Locks of Love or Pink Hearts Foundation, um, you need at least seven to eight inches of hair to donate. Here, you don't actually have, like, it can just be shavings. It could be an inch, but like the stuff that you sweep up into the garbage, you could sweep up and send it in to this company and they can make it um, into material to help protect our earth. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I would love to do a little bit more research on this. And I found it as I was looking for a hair fact or myth. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I've seen this on like little reels on TikTok and our Instagram. And so um, it's something I would like to do more research. Maybe we can talk about it another time. In a future episode. Yeah. Once we have some more information. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, guys, it's that time again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Break Room Banter. If you'd like to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at HairXHunter on Instagram. Our lovely Miss Anna's Instagram is at Anna.SHR8Hair. And our podcast Instagram is at BreakRoomBanterPod. And I also have a website that is live now. So I have an email list and you can find our podcast on there. And uh, any of my links that I have that you can get some discounts, all of that's on my website. It's www.hairxhunter.com. But Erica, would you like to share with the lovely people your Instagram? It is Erica the Redhead, but it's E-R-I-C-K-A, the redhead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you'll see her beautiful red hair in her profile picture. Well, until next time, y'all. Thanks for listening to another episode of Break Room Banter. Bye. Bye.